y'all. Welcome to another episode of The Mixed Table. It is a rainy, stormy Saturday afternoon. We're sitting down here with Devontae Bird. Tyrone, how you feeling today? Um, feeling kind of good. Okay. But I gotta get this off my hood like it's coming off the top. So you know I can never flop. Straight out the water, check out my drop. Me, my drip, like it's from the past. Running up them digits, I'm just talking about the cash. Gotta make it go too fast, trying not to crash. But if you're not first, then you last. Kinda like Bobby, no Ricky, smoking on this sticky. And it's got me feeling sick, I'm too icky, like Vicky. No chips, Skylark, but I come and do that talk. I'm smoking on a tree, not talking bark. <laughs> What is there to say? Nah. We came in here to play, so that's what we're gonna do today. Yeah. I set a flame like I came to fillet. Uh, I feel like Bobby Boucher. That's hey. a throwback yeah. to a previous yeah. episode. Yeah. But I'm just yeah. going in, so yeah. I guess I'm yeah. getting in the yeah. modes. Yeah. Um, yeah. No commode, yeah. sit on them like yeah. the star. Yeah. Came out yeah. the mall yeah. like I'm ready to yeah. go ball. Hey, so what's the word? Yeah. Chilling here with bird, man. I know it sounds absurd, but we came here to serve. Mm, ayy. And I'm really about to burn. About to put them in this urn like it's but a way I churn. Mm. No, I had to go in. No, I had to rock the beat. Uh. No one walking outside on the street. Ooh. Had to go put my feet together on the beat. Mm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Count eight, it. Nine, ten. Had to count it up again. Yeah. Had to go get some money, had to go and see my friends Ooh. Had to go drink a little Corona Rip it by Ay. Too much words on the can for the <laughs> bar this time Ay. Doesn't fucking matter, cause you know I bring it back Ay. And I'm going hard, you know I had to go and crash Do uh. the dash, you know I'm going really fast And we're gonna bring it back for the show Here we go Hey, how is it going ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of The Mixed Table. I am your host, Tyrone McClendon. Once again, I'm joined here by my co-host, my best friend, my producer, my DJ, Mr. Young Seppi himself, Mr. Joseph Middledorf. Hello, hello, hello to all the beautiful people. Thank you once again for joining us here on The Mixed Table. I say it every episode, but we got a good one in front of you. And as you can see here, joined by my side in the middle today is a very good friend of ours, friend of the show. We've done a get, we've been guest on his podcast, so now it's him returning the favor and being a guest on our podcast. He's one of your favorite editorialists. I don't even know if that's a word, but he's one of your favorites that you've seen out here today, active in the scene, Mr. Devonte Bird. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. I will say, watching that happen like in front of me was like crazy. <laughs> You know, surprisingly, it's a lot easier when it's, like, somebody I know. Yeah. So, like, because normally I'm, like, I'm sweating up a storm right now, but that came pretty natural. So, that's fine. I loved it. I loved it. Well, Devontae, like I said, you know, I've, I've introduced you a little bit, but tell the people who who you are and what it is that you do, in your own words. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you wouldn't mind leaning into the mic oh, a yeah. little bit, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I should know that. That's funny. <laughs> nah, um, yeah, I'm Devontae. Basically, I think what I do is I just try to share the stuff that I enjoy with people in the most simplest form. So I'm really into music and sports. I want to talk about sports more in the future. But right now, I mostly just talk to music artists that I really enjoy and try to 
you know, give them a light in a way, whether it's in a written form, in a sit down podcast similar to this or just, you know, reposting some stuff, whatever I can do to kind of help push the push the scene forward here. Yes. And one of your publications that you do that through is called Haptic Feedback, correct? Correct. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about what the the goal is with that. Yeah. So in my previous uh, iteration, I guess life is pain. So what? I feel like I was a little bitter in a sense that I hadn't already started doing it. And so like me kind of fleshing that one out and then switching to this, this one was just more about making that the making the interactions you do online with my stuff inspire you to want to interact with those things in real life. So like the actual word or phrase haptic feedback is like a computer term and it has a couple definitions, but the one I work off of is similar to VR, like the sensation you get when you're swinging a golf club in VR and you feel like you're actually swinging a golf club, like the way it tricks your brain. Um, That's kind of what I want to have happen. You hear us talking about these artists and their music and then like something clicks in you to go do it. Okay. Just for the record, I really liked the old name. Life is pain. I understand why you changed it because it's a little. It's a. It's mouthful. a little lengthy. It's hard to it, yell that in someone's ear at a show. Yeah, I, it was a good name though. Thank it was you. a good. I, I want to do clothes with it. I still have the like you know paperwork and stuff, so I think I want to like use that for like merch or something. I, it definitely works better as like a brand uh, than hey, welcome to Life is Pain. So what? Yeah. It, but I like the name. Please hold Thank on you. to it. Thank you. Uh, and are you currently doing anything like sports related? So, yes, I actually am in the process of recording um, my first sports video series, I guess. I'm really into lists and statistics. Those are my main draws to sports, kind of beyond the actual playing of the sport, to be honest. And so the first thing I want to do is release my list of who I think the top 15 basketball players will be by the end of the year. Okay. And so I've like reached out to some people. I've like sent out a tentative list and I want to kind of use those points to be like the counterpoints to mine. So a lot of people feel like I have Trey Young ranked too low just to give like a sneak peek. They think I have a aging superstar legend a little too high. And so I'm kind of just feeling out other people's views. So hey man, I- Udonis Haslam, <laughs> he gives you minutes every year. He comes through. I mean... Give him his props, I don't know if there's anyone in the league I'd rather want to fight less. <laughs> so, Devontae, sounds like you know you're very much starting off on your setting your foundation for what it is that you want to do in your career. But Absolutely. you know, I'm I'm always interested in how we got to where we are today. So let's let's take it back to the beginning here and tell me what it was a little bit about when you first you know, coming up, where you're from, all that good stuff. But then tell me about like your first interaction with, well, what came first? Was it the music or the sports? True. So, um, yeah, I'm from Riverdale, Georgia. So if you're from around here, you kind of know where that is. But if you're not, um, it's a little it's south not Atlanta. of the city. It's not it's Atlanta. It's not Atlanta. That's all you need to know. <laughs> it's about 30 minutes south of the city. And so um, I went to like some pretty okay schools. Like they weren't great. They didn't have a lot of things going on there. And so... The sports did come first just because that was what a lot of us were doing. We were playing basketball, playing football outside in the neighborhood. And you're really tall. And well, I wasn't tall. Like I wasn't tall the whole time. Like I got tall freakishly. Okay, real quick. So in the summer between eighth and ninth grade, I spent the summer in North Carolina with my father. And during that time, so I left eighth grade five, six. 
the day I showed wow. up to ninth grade, I was 5'11". Okay. So Damn. that's when I kind of got tall enough to be like considered tall for sports. What's that like? What's that summer like? Then? No, like that. You're li- growing, right? You don't ever really notice. Like I don't see the world the same way I did when I was four because I was looking at it from down here. But right. it, at no point did I ever be like, "Oh, well, I see it's different from yesterday." Three months. That's like. Yeah. Every fortnight you're putting on an inch. No, like, really. The only litmus test I've ever been with that is uh, when I was a kid, I could never see over the counter at yeah. the restaurant. Okay. So, like, once I knew I could see over that, I was like, damn, like, I'm growing. Yeah. But it wasn't like I was in here yesterday and I couldn't see. And now I'm shaking hands with the guy behind the. <laughs> so, my dad's 6'6. So, in relation to him, I didn't feel like I got any taller, you mm-hmm. know? And he spent a lot of time working. So, it's not like I was there out and about every day i was mostly just in the house playing video games for the most part and so it wasn't until i realized my shoes didn't fit i skipped the shoe size so i went from i never wore a 11 i went from a 10 to a 12 and so when i got I've never home, worn an 11 either <laughs> i got home and my mom was like um nothing fits like none of this fits i have to do it all over Anyway, so yeah, I'm from Riverdale. I was playing sports. I was into sports. I think the first thing I ever wanted to do was be a football coach. I played Madden, and I like my favorite parts, all the annoying parts people like to skip. Like, I'm one of those people during simulation where I'm checking the injury report every week for each team, and I'm like adjusting the game plan to, uh, you know, combat all of those obstacles. I'm I'm changing ticket prices. Mm -hmm. I'm changing hot dog prices. Like, that extra ketchup, those 25-cent packets, I'm upcharging it. It I'm doing it. At the end of the year, I need that that net income to be something crazy. I remember I with uh, Dean used to play uh, MLB the show, and back yep. in the, back in the day, they let you buy a private jet for the team. That's fine. That was the only thing I cared about. <laughs> I was like, that was we're just getting the jet, and it was like stupid expensive, and yeah. I was I was always bankrupt in the franchise, so we could have the team <laughs> in the jets, you know. And then you do that thing where you like click one, you up the price, and then it's like still green, yep. and you gotta do it again. Then it turns green, into that green. little white arrow where or, it's like, eh, I don't know. And then it, and then yeah. that red triangle down, you're like, okay, well, <laughs> one less. Yeah. $17 for a soda is where they draw the line. Right. Got it. <laughs> so I was doing that. I still do that, honestly, to this day, but I was doing that. I realized in high school, it's not a lot of coaches that don't play football, and I can't play football. I'm 165 pounds right now, so imagine how light I was then. So I kind of killed that dream, and then I really spent like a few years in limbo where I was like, I have no idea. That's like many young adults do when I was like about to graduate high school. So I was actually going to go to the military, but um, one of my legs is three-fourths of an inch longer than the other, and apparently that's, that's not acceptable to be in the military, so... I didn't end up going and I went to Georgia State instead, just kind of as a, you know, my mom's ultimatum of like, you got to do something. So do something. And so I just applied. Um, This girl I was dating at the time, her mom worked in um, admissions. And so I was technically like kind of on the last second to put put in my application and she got it like pushed to the front. So she didn't like help me get in in that sense, but she got my application viewed sooner than it would have. So I ended up getting in. Um, I went there. That's where I started meeting musicians, like on a lower scale, because music artists seemed very large to me before then. So then I met some people. It became more personable. And then um, me and Jamila, shout out to Jamila. 
We worked at Panera Bread together my freshman year of college. I think she was still in high school. And so she invited me to one of Jelani's shows. And that was kind of the turning point where I was like, being in this scene and kind of seeing how these people interact, like this is something I could see for myself. Okay. So during this whole process, you know, before you've actually even run into an opportunity to do anything, uh, were you active? Like in high school, were you part of any organizations that were related to sports or anything like that, that just kind of scratched that itch? Nope. I was, uh, I was into lunch table basketball arguments, you know? I mean, I guess that kind of counts. I feel like every day that's all we did was debate rap albums and debate sports takes kind of at the lunch table on the bus. Um, after practice, I did play basketball a few years, like on the team. So, um, in those ways, yes, but like formally in a way that was like, gave me some technical foundation. No, not at all. Mm. Yeah. So that all didn't start until you went to Georgia state. Yeah. Even then, like I probably had dropped out before I really did anything. I just found the desire there, but I was a philosophy major in school. Um, in high school, I did ROTC. That was really my only commitment to organization. Like, I truly had no idea what I wanted to do to even know what organization to align myself with. So talk about those first couple, because you said it was meeting the artists that kind of started to, to get the gears turning. What was it about meeting these people that kind of just made another dream seem possible? Yeah, so I think the first thing was that their music was good. <laughs> so... I got there and I didn't know what to expect. I had heard some of Jelani's music like on SoundCloud and stuff just through my connection with Jamila. But to see the scene as a whole and the fact that I felt like it had potential, the fact that I didn't know about these people already is why I was like, someone needs to be working on this. Cause like, I feel like their music is quality enough where there should be some eyes on these people. So I saw David the Tragic that day. I saw Jazz Ingram that day. Um, and I can't remember some other people. I want to say there's a woman there. I can't remember. It was a rapper. I don't want to say it was BK if it wasn't BK, but it could have been. I feel like it was, but I don't know. But yeah, I saw them. People's music was good. And so I was like, I want to contribute to like that. I want people like me who are looking for music, who kind of feel like a lot of the things I have to listen to via like radio and stuff. Because this was like in that in-between where DSPs were kind of starting to kick off. But they kind of weren't all the way there yet. So I was like, someone needs to be working on it. And so I just started grinding then about figuring out how I wanted to do it exactly. And <clears throat> it, it seems that sort of in the same sense of this show, that was one of our main things is like we just wanted we, there's all these talented people just walking amongst us. They're regular people. Right. And we saw we had the opportunity to platform people instead of because I don't know we've had a bunch of conversations where we're like man how is this person not bigger how is this how is nobody talking that's that's a twitter thing too why every post why is nobody talking about right the thing everybody's talking about but realize that you have the opportunity you can be the platform if you're willing if, if that's what you want and you want because i i don't know i love just being able to sit down with people that are like passionate about what they're working on Instead of the just general like canned interview with the radio where they're yeah. like, hey, I'm here. I'm doing my project I'm this like 
the interviewer doesn't care the artist doesn't care everybody's here on an obligation right everybody we sit down is happy to talk to us and like i think it shows through what they have to say just i don't know and it does it feels less like work for them because a lot of artists i have met with they're usually like i don't really like doing this but like the the enthusiasm you show for my work and just like i usually interact with people a lot online and kind of share like small opinions you know like as they're making music or releasing things just to give my two cents or whatever and usually they're like we see that you truly pay attention and that's what makes them willing to like work with me versus someone who just reaches out and it's like hey i see you dropped a project let's talk about it with like no prior interaction with them or alignment in any way i mean that's literally why you're on the show right now is you made some comment in passing like a year ago from like 17 or 45 minutes into one of our episodes. And I was like, damn. Oh yeah. He, <laughs> he listened to it. Like he right. actually cared. And I, I don't know, man, it's everybody's kind of getting sin. I'm speaking from a as a cynical person, everybody's getting really cynical and kind of jaded right now. Right. And it's just, it's always just refreshing sitting down with people that are not, <laughs> Or at least kind of fighting it. A I would bit. say fighting it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I definitely can can relate to where you were as far as like seeing all these people out here who are doing all these things and you're asking yourself, why is it not yet happening for you? Because I'm you have the talent that has it, so why is it not? So I definitely had that same kind of epiphany moment where it was like, I could be the one who sort of gives these people the edge but for me another thing i wanted to look at i was looking at just sort of you know the landscape of interviews going on now and like you said just like i would always hear just artists in general talk about ah oh, i hate the experience of of doing the questions and so i always right. tried to you know I, I always looked at all the interviews going out as kind of like a basis for what not to do almost exactly. in a sense and how can i tweak it and then even the good ones like hot ones and shows like that that's like that's such a genius so that, that, that have sort of revolutionized uh, the interviewing format so i guess i say all that to say to ask you at that stage when you're first deciding okay i'm going to start giving a platform to the arts what was your basis what were you looking to as an inspiration to sort of roadmap what you were doing um I would say the first thing was I had a few people who did interviews whose enthusiasm I wanted to have for the people I was working with. So um, Rosenberg is really good. You can always tell he gives a fuck. You can always tell. Um, Zane, He's a wrestling nerd, so we have right, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zane Lowe is really good for Apple. And so people like that were, they just bleed it. Like, they really care. They truly care. It's not like... I don't I feel like they wouldn't rather be doing anything else. And so that was kind of the foundation for me was to make sure my enthusiasm, my attention to detail, you know, I'm in the roots, I'm saving people's Instagram stories, I'm in the lives, I'm interacting, I'm listening to the to the boring beat making process or boring to you know, they don't think that these things are super important, but like I'm really into it. So I think just making sure the enthusiasm shine through. But technically, I would say at first I wanted to do the platform only in written form, but I just felt like the generation likes Come on videos. Now. People don't read. Yeah. <laughs> People don't read. People man. just like videos. So I kind of adapted my idea of what I wanted it to be around something that was more palatable, I thought. So I do mix in written articles now, but I think 
I think ultimately, if I if my goal is to present the artist, then I'm not doing either of us any favors by doing it through a means that I don't think is going to get the most traction. I feel that. I think for me, one of my another one of my early ones as far as like getting that enthusiasm. I was real big on like Nardwar. Oh, everybody is. Every, yeah, you gotta love does Nardwar. It. But um, one of the things that I would try to do, I would always like. It's, it's funny hearing you say like I'm digging deep and doing all these things. Like some of my very first interviews, like my goal was just to be like, what is the most obscure fact I can find about this <laughs> yeah. person? And I would go through some crazy. Like I had people like DMing me, like. The person I would be interviewing would DM me back and be like, hey, all these people are telling me you've been asking about me. So what the what are you doing? So I had to change my technique for that. But <laughs> right. um, but yeah, no, I, I just completely understand that whole thing of just trying to get that enthusiasm uh, into it. So talk to me about your first couple of interviews. Like, how did you get them together and how did they go? Jeez. OK, so. <laughs> That's funny. I think my first couple interviews were all people who had an intimate relationship with me. It was, uh, it was a little easier, and it also allowed me to get the cobwebs out because me as a person, like in real life before, I'd say, 2021, incredibly introverted. Um, I was never shy, but I just never found myself in opportunities to public speak, so I just didn't have any practice with it. So it was nerve-wracking from just the sense of being new not necessarily because it was public speaking you know i don't have like one of those aversions but i felt like no one was going to be the first interview if i didn't have one already so i was like hey you're here with me i was living with these um guys at the time um one of them forio he's an edm dj now um he was kind of rapping kind of producing at the time and then um Jalen Davidson he's a actor he's at UCSD right now and I was living with them and we were kind of they were helping me kind of cultivate the idea they had a podcast going at the time as well that I thought was really good and so I kind of just leaned into the people I was around for you know some I don't want to say practice because I did enjoy working with them but in a way I did need them to break the ice for me so that then I could be like hey here's at least one example of I'm legit. My page like makes sense now because it's not empty. And so, yeah, that was kind of how the first ones went. So one of them was like a really long like biography sort of written piece. And then the other one was like a podcast. And um, Shamba, um, she's a R&B singer. She worked with me at, um, well, screw them. I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> she worked with me at a retail place. And we uh, kind of maintained a relationship. And so... Um, I had helped her, you know, she'd asked me about like mood board stuff she was doing for like album covers and stuff. You know, I showed some sort of knowledge or acumen enough where she would work with me as well. And um, my childhood best friend, Danielle, who is doing interior design stuff, um, she was also willing to take a chance on me as well. So the first like handful were definitely people who knew me, who saw that I had been working on it for a while and were willing to, you know, be the guinea pigs, I guess. And I don't know, it's funny you bring that up because Jamila last episode was big on that. Where, like, you know, because we were talking to her, like, you know, how do you get into acting? Like, if you're actually trying to do this shit, like, you don't just walk onto a set, like, what goes through it? And that's she was talking just portfolio, just anything. I feel like that's what our early episodes of this show was, was just like, it was easier to show somebody an episode than explain to somebody what an episode was. Yes. Like, let's just get a couple. That was my first tape. 
I stand by. I liked a lot of the songs I put out, but it was, I was tired of telling people, oh, I make music. And they're like, can I listen to any? Nope. No, <laughs> no, I, you can't. And like, and it's, it's so much easier. I find approaching people I want to work with. Definitely. I'm like, hey, here, check out my Spotify. Like, I'm not just some random no account, no profile. Yeah. No, any, like, that, hey, that link tree in bio is important. Indeed. Very, very. So in the beginning, what what constituted as a success for you in the beginning? Because I know for me, when I first started, it was if I could get the conversation longer than 45 minutes, that's a win. Like I was like, I don't care, whatever. But if we get over that 45 minute mark, we're good. So early on, what, what was considered a win or a good interview? That's tough. I think. The process was very important to me. So I think a successful interview was, did I have enough questions? One, how well did the questions come across to the person I was interviewing? Like, did they feel like these were some run of the mill things? Did they feel like these were like kind of thought provoking or at least similar questions, but asked from a unique angle? Um, So I kind of leaned into how I felt about my preparation and then also how it came across to the person I was interviewing. Those were the wins. So early on, um, when me and Jelani sat down for his, we kind of talked for a long time, like a couple hours. And at the end of it, he was like, you know, I've never been asked some of those questions before. So this was really good. I've done like a handful of interviews now and none of them ever went like this. And so those were the kind of things I was looking for. Yeah, it's really those reactions that you live for, I guess. Like, my favorite one was, it was like the Nard where I was like, how do you know that? Like, that was always my favorite one. Right. I was like, okay, I'm cooking if I get them to be like, hmm, yeah, I don't know how you know that, this, that, and this. I'm like, hey, man, it's just what I do, you know, type yeah. deal. Um, So, talk to me a little bit now about, so you, at this point, when you first start doing it, like you say, you start with the people that you know. It gets to so then when do you start expanding to the artists the unknown people of just like all right i gotta take this chance and ask this person are they down right so some of it was friend of a friend for sure um people who i'd worked with people that they knew it made it you know easier that's the next stage of i think approaching people is like this person that you're close to can give me like a decent review or you know yeah uh, recommendation if you will so that was probably next um i wish i remembered the order of them in my head but i know i ended up working with willie towards the beginning um and you know he has a relationship with jelani and jamila so that was kind of easy to reach out to him um people like that where it was like you know i i know you and people have started to see me around so by then i was at pretty much if a flyer goes up if someone's not dying i'm usually there yeah um since then to now so i think people started to recognize my face i got a little more it's kind of hard not to miss you yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that was how our dynamic started i was just tall in front of him and i forgot we followed each other Uh and so i just saw me on his story like dang i'm behind the tall guy and that was kind (laughs) of like our icebreaker so just different looking for moments like that to interact with people where it's like we were at the same place or we like the same stuff and me just kind of commenting on their stories and stuff or like hey i see me in your performance shot that your dj took haha i'm tall over there right there (laughs) and so just developing some sort of dynamic online kind of made it easier to approach people in real life later when i wanted to actually work with them and this season we've kind of expanded our scope a little bit like we're we're not just talking we've sort of the whole entertainment community right 
a really valuable and often overlooked part of that is like the actual community. Like mm -hmm. you are the staple, it, like right. you're everywhere. I see you in the comments of everybody that I follow. <laughs> yeah. You're always in my comments. You're always like, I don't know. No, nobody ever gives the shout out to like the, to the fans, to the people that like really make, I, I know I'm not the only one that you have like kept going. Oh right, because yeah. it's like, well, I got Devonte in my corner. Like it, just thank you for all that you do to just supporting. Just I don't know people that are trying to figure out what it is that they want to do with their life. Now that does lead me to a question, though. Do you ever feel? Because I kind of get this, so I'm, I'm projecting. Um, but do you ever feel like this pressure to be like present a lot? Because sometimes I've like when I went to Portugal. I was just seeing all of the events that were going on and I'm like, fuck, I needed to be at this oh, event. Yeah. I wish I had been there at this. Yeah. And then it almost starts almost kind of feeling like, I, am I just trying to keep up? Like, am I just trying to just be where everybody's at? You know, do you ever get that? And if so, like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Absolutely. All the time. So I think, I don't know. I don't know if I'm in a good place with it. Honestly, I feel like it was easier early on because it was absolutely necessary to secure the next interview. Now I feel like I have enough work put in where if I spent two weeks offline and I reached out to artists, it wouldn't make, it wouldn't lessen or increase my chances of like meeting with them. But I do kind of consider the fact that I just like it a lot. And so if I wasn't doing this, like I don't know what I would be doing in this place. And in a way that's kind of scary. Cause it's like, I'm not exploring other avenues as much, but I don't know if it's better to spend time seeking out the feeling that you already get from something you're already doing. So, you know, a lot of people think diversity as a human being is like the pinnacle of peak humanness. But for me, I think it's just about maximizing your joy, I guess. And this brings me the most joy like this. I probably listen to four or five hours of sports talk probably six days a week if not seven and I don't really desire to do anything else so I do feel like I have to keep up in the way of like social media and stuff but as far as being present at the events and you know listening to the new artists like sounds and stuff like none of that part is like overwhelming or exhausting to keep up with at all what you just said there is real interesting to me because I find I'm in that sort of hole oftentimes where I'm like I'm just in my house happy right. like I'm just kind of chilling out and I'm I'm like well, I need to be doing something like yeah. I, you're just, I'm just I'm happy it's like I want to do I guess that's a, that's been a theme as well this thing this season is finding like the balance between work and just like enjoying your life but sort of a similar one is like when is enough enough you know, like when, when, when are you done? <laughs> like what, what is the whole point? If you can't find ways along, along the path to just sort of, I'm babbling. This is a, this is a word salad. I'm saying I'm, I'm waiting to see where you're going to land. <laughs> this is a word salad. <laughs> no, if I, if I take in what you're saying, I believe you're saying like, if I'm for, to use myself as an example, if I'm consuming five hours of sports talk a day, am I like kind of done at 4.30 and I'm just powering through because I'm still doing it or like... Or I guess like I find I, I play this 
I've got a, a couple careers on MLB 11, the show, right. that I'm like, I've played every game. I'm like 10 seasons into okay, it. Okay. And I'm like, I always feel like, oh, I should go out. I should go do something. I should do this. And I'm just like happy being at home playing this game. Like, it's it, there is no point. It's just joy. And I always feel bad about like passing up opportunities or opportunity, just passing up anytime, anytime you make a decision, you've missed out on another decision. Correct. And I want the guilt to go away for like just choosing to do something I like. And I don't, can you speak on that? Like, have you, has that a battle that you're familiar with? No, it's honestly, it's a battle that I don't think you can get rid of. Honestly, I think the, the breakthrough I've had is that I just kind of accept the intrusive thoughts that come with that. Mm -hmm. So where I'm like looking at it and, you know, uh, my family might go on a certain vacation somewhere and I'm like, in a way I want to go because the opportunity is there. But if I really wanted to go, I would go. Yeah, that's kind of where I am at it now, where I, I see events and I'm like, I'm almost kicking myself because I don't want to go. Because I'm like, ah, oh, you know, you got to show your face. You got to this, that, and this. But I'm like, but if I went, I wouldn't be happy. Like, I would just yeah. be sitting there being like, oh, I can't wait till this is over so I can go home. Exactly. So I feel like I was out and did. Yeah. And it was, I was I was in the kitchen this, this morning and I was thinking about that, that like, I was much more willing to put up with shit that I didn't want to do to make the things that I wanted to do happen when exactly. I was a kid. Cause it was this like burning, like, it's like, I gotta go do this thing. So like whatever bullshit comes along, I don't care. Cause I right. want to do this. Like you go over to your friend's house cause they've got the video game and yeah. it's like, I've got to deal with their annoying little brother, but like I will. Cause like, I want to play this game. Mm -hmm. I don't have that burning desire anymore. So when somebody's annoying little brother is going to be there, I'm just like, eh. yeah. And I guess it's just like, if we're speaking to the whole, like going out to events and thing, like it's just in the beginning, that is your only foot in the door. So to speak, that's the only place, you know, everybody who makes music is all going to be in this one spot. But I think once you start making the connections, then you get invited to the video shoots. Yeah. You get invited to the to the listening thing. So now it's like, all right, I have other opportunities. And you just even make a genuine connection. So then it's like, all right, I don't have to just be on my phone waiting to the next flyer. I can just hit the guy directly and be like, hey, what you working on? Or, hey, do you want to be a part of this? So I think that's and, another part of it. And, like, I made friends as well. Right? Yeah. Because that was – I remember in college, like, you go out to the events because you're like – like I just, I'm I'm here alone. Like I need to find people, and so you go out to each event because you're trying to find people. You're trying to find your niche. Mm -hmm. Then you find some people to hang out with, and it's like I don't need to go find y'all anymore because you're here. Like we don't have to. And yeah, you find you find your corner of the things that you like doing. You go. Yeah. yeah. And I think also just pay attention to the signs. Like the day will kind of tell you what you need to be doing. So, for example, I um. I was contemplating whether or not to go to a certain event because my schedule was getting packed up. I had like a lot of stuff going on and people just started canceling. So it was like I was supposed to help my mom with some yard work. She's like, nope, I was supposed to do something else like, nope. And so I was just like, OK, it like the time has created itself to be more opportune. So I just kind of try to pay attention. Sometimes it works the opposite. We're like. I really want to go to a show or like I or not really if I really want to go I'll go but I kind of am on the fence of wanting to go to a show and I'm not sure but then it's like my job's like eh, we need you to come in this day and sometimes you you got to anticipate your burnout so you don't burn out and 
you gotta you know miss out on a day sometimes just to kind of recharge so that you can have the energy to keep going i found that to be a two-edged sword though with like uh I'll wait too long to make a decision. Like I like going kind of up until and we see, you know, what if something pops up? What if something better comes along? Yeah. And and that waiting and waiting, I'm just kind of go with the flow. I'll oftentimes find myself like not doing things. I'll be like, oh, well, you know, something else. Like I kept waiting, 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 waiting. Oh, I missed it. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, for me, I try to decide like if I'm not going to go or if I'm going to go. I try to decide and just live with the decision. I feel like leaving myself in limbo. If you're into the whole uh, astrology thing, my Virgo brain, it, it likes clear cut. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm not doing. And it's just like, boom. And once I decide, honestly, it makes everything, everything else that happens, I do with more decisiveness. Mm-hmm. Well, and because that's it. When you've got all the pieces kind of floating around, it's really hard to make a big picture kind of decision. But as soon as you start locking things in, like now I can work based on like this is here. And exactly. like I can I know that this is now working into every decision I make. And now I can lock something else in. And now you kind of it's the blank slate uh, writer's block. It's all the Literally, same. Yeah, exactly. The same thing. So I wanted to ask kind of leading to so as you're doing the interviewing like did was it always life is pain when you first started interviewing was that a thing or did you just start interviewing first and then you were like all right well i'm gonna make this brand to kind of put it all together so technically the very first thing i ever did as a journalist was jelani imani's biography which is crazy because that's like the most recent thing i've done yeah so I don't know why he sat down with me, to be honest. And I I tell people all the time, I have no idea why he was cool with meeting with me. I had literally nothing. I had like, um, what's the word? I had told like ideas to them like that I was kind of fleshing out, but I had literally done nothing. I hadn't made a website. I, I don't even know if I was on Instagram yet. Like I wasn't even really like social media active or anything. And I, it probably was Jamila just like, no, he's a good person. So, like, hopefully he's good artistically, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like that had to be the only reason I got in the door for sure. But when I was interviewing him, um, we sat down. So the biography is about his life from, like, start to n- maybe not now, maybe like a few months ago. So through the e- year of EPs he did. So that's how much it covers. And so it had to get updated a bunch of times and stuff. And so that piece, I think, kind of was the centerpiece of the brand for a long time, where it was like working on that along with like other stuff. I kind of wanted to make a space for that piece to exist in, if that made sense. Like I cared about that project so much that it couldn't be the first thing that went up. It had to it needed a world for it. And so you don't put the first song on the album first. Right. Exactly. So it, it needed a world first. And so. Um, Life is Pain So What kind of got cultivated around that piece in a sense where it was like I need an environment for this then as it kind of developed and I kind of tried to find my like voice and stuff as a speaker and interviewer and such um, it was kind of you know the normal steps like we were talking about before just figuring out um, how I wanted to block it what kind of questions I wanted to ask how long did I want my runtime to be so I just kind of was pulling from different things I listened to. Um, Colin Cowherd for Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, he does like, you know. I listen to so much. It's funny you bring him up in like sports talk yeah. that from like 8 to 18, 
I slept with Sports Talk Radio he's the on. Guy. Like, well, he's the godfather. He's Uncle he, yeah. Collins. The he's the man. So he was basically saying um, he told me the time. He told all of us, but he told me the time for American Drive Time, like what the average was. And so that was kind of when I realized, oh. I wasn't even thinking about how long my podcasts were running. I was just mm-hmm. like, as much as they'll talk is as much as I'll let them talk. But now I've kind of like during that process with that brand, I was figuring out really just direction stuff. Like none of them were executed optimally. Like me and David X did his interview at an Asian Tendrum. Like the sound was crazy. You can hear like pots clinking in the background. Uh huh. And so it was just I got to work through all the things of like. If I'm going to meet someone in public, we're going to have to meet somewhere a little more quiet. Or if we um, if we're going to interview and I realize early on that you're not answering my questions with a lot of information. I need to be prepared with more questions so that we can get to the number that I want to get to. And so I feel like the entire time I was working under that umbrella was me figuring out what I wanted it to look like through trial and error honestly because a lot of it was things I just didn't know I was supposed to consider especially like doing it myself Mm -hmm. so I didn't I didn't have a lot to bounce off of so I just was bouncing off myself basically and so once I felt like I got into a good spot and I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot I changed the name to kind of let that exist in the way that it did like all those interviews are still up I haven't taken them down yet I'm gonna probably start doing that soon (laughs) but a lot of those people are willing to double back for another one and so they'll still i still have a way to like present them again yeah because i don't want it to like die because i still want people to be able to see it but once that happens then i'll start pushing those to the side so what's one of if off the top of your head what's one of the main things that you think that you have taken from the the life is pain experiment so to speak and what's one thing that you felt like okay we don't need to bring that into into haptic feedback um at least as far as like your process goes okay yeah so i was preparing for an annoying amount of time with life is pain so what Mm -hmm. now i feel like if i if put on the clock if you just told me right now for example uh, who do I like? The weekend is going to walk through that door in 10 minutes and we're going to interview and be ready. I could do it. So a lot of it was just like, why am I spending four or five hours prepping for these interviews where I really just approach it as if I'm a fan walking up to them on the street with like what I want to know. So most of the time spent is just me writing out the questions. But once I get in my head that this is a person I want to interview while I'm at work ironing clothes, I'm like, that would be a good question that would be a good question and so it's really just about gathering all those and putting them in one spot whereas then i would sit down in front of my computer for four or five hours and just be like i need another question is this one gonna hit like now i just i'm a little more relaxed about it the only thing that'll be like the time is just looking up like certain dates or you know the technical stuff but the actual curation of the questions happens in my day-to-day life like it and that's kind of how it is for me and i also just learned to have sort of treat it as what it is and like it's a conversation yeah you know and sometimes it's and i learned this from i don't remember <laughs> uh what's the old larry king okay. i learned this from him that he was just like honestly i try to use the least amount of words as possible in my question yeah because then it's it's more vague and it gets them to so that's kind of how i treat it you know i i, I do kind of do the whole smaller prep time but then I also just treat it as, okay, I can set vague questions that I know will lead to a bunch of 
this, that, and this. I'm very big on the. So tell me about that. Yeah, and, and he, then just let them go. You got to leave room for them to to segue. Yes. Yeah. If you plan it so like down to the T, you'll end up like walking them on the straightest line possible, and you'll miss out on them telling you about an event or experience that's like kind of on topic, but kind of not. If you're like holding their hand the whole time. Yeah, gotta gotta get those smaller stories in, you know. And that's honestly the sort of the art of asking questions, and ha- that's been you know off camera we work a lot on that because I tend to ramble. <laughs> I tend to ramble, but then rambling can be good. It can. Rambling can be good, but like it has to go somewhere. It has to it because this season especially Tyrone was like you need to you need to work on asking like leading questions but leading questions but like talk talk like tell a story that ends with like leading a question and they're like there's just more tech it's way more technical than when we sat down it's like oh yeah we're gonna sit down just interview some people (laughs) ask some questions no it's definitely an art form and that's what I pick up on now listening to sports talk is like when I so my favorite sports guy is Nick Wright for Fox as well um as I listen to him now, I'm kind of like just studying as much as I am enjoying like what he has to say about sports because he's really good. I feel like he doesn't moderate, so he's giving his takes and stuff. But even with that, he still leaves it out there in a way where it's like you're not just getting what he thinks. He kind of like poses some of his takes in a question like, why do you think? Kyrie Irving should be trusted yeah I think so because this but like you've already started thinking like why do I think Kyrie mm-hmm. shouldn't be trusted yeah. or do I think Kyrie should be trusted you know so I, I try to take stuff like that to consideration when I'm making questions for people I got you I got you so talk to me now about the 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 the, the foreseeable future of just not even necessarily haptic feedback but what you contribute and all things like that because I wanted to ask like you know, with the sports thing you want to do too, is that something that you want to keep separate or would it be like a marriage of two worlds that you could possibly see in the future? Just what is, what is, what is your future for uh, your career? Yeah. So honestly, my next goal, I want a job in sports or music. I feel like a lot of my time is spent at a retail job. that's not difficult in any way whatsoever. And it pays enough to fund the things I need to do. But I do feel like I lose a lot of time interacting with the other two spaces I like because anytime I'm listening to music, I'm not listening to sports. And anytime I'm working, I'm not doing either. So at the very least, I was working in a space where music was constantly on because I worked somewhere or I was constantly around people talking about sports in some type of journalistic form that I could be a little more efficient in both and not have to like cut out so much. So I think I want to do that. And then for the brand, I want to collaborate more. I want to do more things that aren't under my brand, but like done by my brand. So I want to um, help with album rollouts. I want to do cover arts. I want to help with the video making process. I want to do, you know, pointed publications for people, you know, where it's not like me reaching out, but them like, I'm going to have an album on this date. You're the person I want to talk to around the time that this is coming out to help amplify what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I just want to be a person people can go to for things more than what I am now. Okay. Album release Joan Rivers kind of thing. Like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) You kind of answered my, my next question with like, 
was trying to figure out how to phrase it. It's not like how committed to you are, but like how how important is it to you that you're doing your own thing? Is that and, and it sounds like you're you're working towards a job in uh, the opportunity to do sports talk, to do. Um, I was gonna ask like if if the opportunity presented itself to go work in the newsroom somewhere but it requires you to put your own like personal projects like I get because it would still be your projects that you'd be working on but Mm -hmm. you're true like I'm a hundred percent of this organization would you put that on pause to to take a job in an industry like but that's gonna require more of your time absolutely and so I think a lot of people that I talk to they look at business ownership as like the pinnacle of happiness. Yeah. I don't like doing half of the parts of what I have to do to make this Talk thing about work. it. Talk about it. I don't want to As I'm trying here. to adjust the camera now. I don't want to sit here and edit videos. It's not fun. Like, yeah. I don't want to. Now, do you want to do art, edit our videos? Because <laughs> we are looking for a video guy. Like, not really, to be honest. Like, I want to do less of the technical. I don't want to have to sit here and make sure logic is working. I don't care to know how it truly functions it's already crashed once in this uh, (laughs) in this interview i want to curate questions talk to people and then wipe my hands of it like so if that's the opportunity i could get i want that so basically because i chose not to finish school this is like a working portfolio as much as it Mm. is a business so i'm not super like if i could do with like act did where he like went and worked for complex for a little while and that amplified him so when he left it kind of like you know gave him a push that would be cool like i would never like put it away to the point where i didn't have anything to go back to if yeah whatever company decided to let me go but i'm definitely not looking to like create the next complex or anything but if it happens by accident then or not by accident but if it happens because i can't get in the door somewhere else first then i'm fine with that but truly i would love to work for somebody i don't i'm not one of those people who's super money hungry like i don't really have millionaire ambitions i just want to have enough money where i don't have to think about it and i can do what i like to do every day it i think the last time i was here we it may have been in portugal though we'd spent max kellerman is my favorite voice in sports media at the moment and we just went and looked because to me, he popped out of nowhere. And like 2016, 2017, all of a sudden he was um, on the show with, Scott. with Stephen A. Max has been grinding. Yeah, and then looked it up and he's been in the industry for like 30 years. Like had been working for HBO for forever. Yep. And then he kept leaving the things he was doing and like doing his own podcasts. And then they would be popular and he would turn that into a new job, a bigger audience, this and that. And that, especially with what I know you like, I could see you kind of following that same yeah. career path in and out. We got an opportunity. Now this opportunity isn't serving me anymore. I'm done. Like, I am the product. Like, right. I can, ultimately, if it comes to it, I guess I can package myself. I'd rather not, but like, we yeah. can. No, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Devante, I think we're getting towards the end of this here. So we're going to book in this here. So, you know, we started off with a nice little freestyle and everything like that. So that's how we're going to end it. But you're going to you're going to help us out here a little bit. So just based off the conversation that we've had here today, I want you to give me three words. They can either be like literal topics we've spoken about here today, the overall general theme that you get or just three words you feel have been on your mind this entire conversation but i need three of them all right i'm gonna go with school buses school buses school. let me 
down school buses. Okay. All right. We got school buses. I'm going to go with bodegas because I was in New York recently for the first time. Bodegas. Bodegas. And we're going to say... It's always magic. 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 Okay. Okay. No, I changed my mind. Space. I want to do space instead of magic. Space. I like it. Okay. I like it. Because that could mean anything. School buses, bodega, space. Okay. Uh, any any type beat you got in mind? Type beat. <laughs> um, something Pusha T like. Ah, like my okay. name is my name Pusha T. Okay. Some okay. real rap stuff. This is Tyrone's wheelhouse right yeah. now. So <laughs> I, whenever Tyrone raps like Pusha T, I fucking love it. So uh, okay. Uh, let's see what we got. Push a T type beat. Gotta love dead air, you know? <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we go. We got, um, how long is this one? 323. That'll probably work. Uh-huh. Kanye, Jay-Z, Push a T beat. Okay. Type beat called retrospective. Okay. Interesting. I think, I think. Since we're kind of in retrospective, yeah, here, I feel like I, that that makes the most sense. It's on theme, so the Batushka. The Batushka. <laughs> this beat bought you, brought to you by the Batushka. Batushka. Yep. Here we go. Let's see what the Batushka's got for us. School buses, bodega, space. Aye. Okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. Let's see where this beat is going to take us. School buses, bodega, space. Oh, okay. Mm, turn it up a little. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, yo, I'ma try to keep it clean. But no promises for this 16. You know what it is when I be on the scene. I be so cold like I'm making ice cream, but this ain't no math class. They can't fool us, but we be pulling up like we in the school bus. Who us? They know we be the best. I gotta work it off. I ain't talking bench press, but what's next? I don't know. I gotta get something that stay with the flow. So let me think for a second. What's a word? Cause I can't remember. It's so absurd. Bodega space. Uh. Yeah, I'm the one, I'm the doer. No, can't nobody gut them to them under the uh. I'm just thinking of something, but I just be special with it like I be punting. Uh, I'm the original Omega, but I be serving them like I'm at a bodega. Give them a cigarette, give them some chips, but they know I'm just coming like I'm getting a bit. Mm, I'm in a bite, I'm out of sight. I ride the beat like I'm on a bike, mm, this shit is tragic, disappearing like magic, but I just had to come in, stretch it like I'm fantastic, uh, let me close the case, cause I be up with the stars, you think that it's space, but it's not a race, if it was I'm coming first, and everybody after me is just the worst. Putting on my jewelry just to go to the bodega, uh, hey, had to go and kick it. Lubega, hey, the Mambo number five. Hey, ooh, I'm way too fly. Mm. Hey, hey, going in, yeah. Hey, I got a ride on mm. the school bus. Had to shut it down, had to do us. Yeah, you know, I run the town, and yeah, I'm going 
again mm. You know I had to do it I'm flying through the space I had to do it Hey, I brought it back hey. You know I fucking found it Right Ooh, I think I am circling around it Hey, I'm so astounded Yep Flowing like a mountain Ooh, like a rock like a You rock. know I had to shout it Hey, shout Hey, hey, hey Hey, 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 hey This is so fun Hey, and there you have it. There you have it. Thank you, Devontae, man, for coming by, providing the vibes, good conversation, good answers to even better questions, you know? Oh, this is great. Yeah, man. I've never sat on the other side before, so I appreciate you it's guys always, doing that for me for the first time. It's always weird the first couple of times. Like, I still, like, when you interviewed us, I was like, this is different. So, But yeah. it's got to happen. You got to pay it forward. That's how I see it. But once again, though, I really want to thank you, man. It just means a lot for you to come and help us out and be a part of this whole thing. So I guess really the only last thing left for you to do is to just let the people know where they can find you, find your work, and what you've got coming up in the upcoming future. Oh, smooth. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, on Instagram, I'm Devante.Bird, bird with a Y. Um, my brand page is Haptic Feedback US, one word, and... There's like a cool gray robot with the words on his chest as the logo. I like that logo a lot. So if you don't do anything else, just go comment on a, any of the pictures or posts, whether you know the artist or not, and just say you like the robot and I'd appreciate it. Nice. Joe, you know what time it is. In the description of this video, you will find a link with a playlist to every single beat you've heard today. Go listen to those beats. Go listen to their other beats. Go look at their beat starts. Go send the link to their beat starts to your friends that rap. Go spend some money in the art community. Go spend some money with your friends that make baked goods. Coming out, by the time this episode will be coming out, I'll probably have a new project on the way. Go listen to that, available on all streaming platforms. Tyrone, take us home. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, once again, I want to thank Joe for doing what he does on the ones and twos. And, of course, I want to thank Devante for coming here and hanging with us. And I can't forget... You all, thank you all for coming here with us. Whether you're watching, whether you're listening, we're just happy you could be here with us. So tune in next time where we're going to have somebody sitting in Devante's seat and we're going to be mixing it up. Have a good one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>